Hello and good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. I love doing these on Friday. I feel like it's a good wrap up to the week. I am here with Mary Margaret. Mary Margaret has been a member of our communities for a very long time, <laughs> maybe since the beginning, I would say, I um, and is also a neighbor of mine, <laughs> kind of. In the same, when you live in the country, anyone who lives within like 10 to 20 miles of you is your neighbor. So that would be, you know. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Mary Margaret, welcome to the Let's Talk Clutter show. How is your Friday going? It's going just peachy. Peachy, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. This is this is a, a first for me. <laughs> it is. It's... um. It can be a little intimidating doing these live videos. And, you know, so I wanted to say like to you and anyone else who has volunteered to do this, really like kudos because it totally is outside of, of a, a normal human's comfort zone to just be on the internet talking about clutter. So. <laughs> well, so that explains why I have sweaty palms. Is that yes. what you're telling me? <laughs> yes. But you're doing it. And I think um, this is part of the decluttering process, like getting outside of your comfort zone. You know, when we have clutter and we see all the stuff around us all the time, like that's our comfort zone. It might not be comfortable, but it is our comfort zone. And so I love this strategy for decluttering, kind of try something else. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it also helps to know, because I have been here for so long, that it's a completely safe environment. And I you know, I don't need to be nervous, but I'm human, so I am nervous. <laughs> well, Mary Margaret, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey with clutter? Okay. Um, so I have three children who are, you know, adults and older teens now. Um, but when they were little, um, I worked from home. I had my own business um, and um, I think the reason clutter really started for me was because I was in that, um, I forget the name for it, the mindset where, you know, you don't have enough scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset, yeah. 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 So my business, trying to run a business when you have young children is just, it's ridiculous. Um, so I was always feeling torn in every direction and, um, was not making enough money to really make my business, uh, be profitable, but I really needed the connection to people outside of like the little people I was with all the time. <laughs> There's a lot more to business than profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no kidding. To tell you that. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so I think that scarcity mindset, if someone was willing to offer my kids um, hand-me-down clothes or hand-me-down toys or, you know, I felt kind of guilty taking time away from my children to do my business and I felt guilty taking time away from my business to be with my children. So when people were offering things, I would take it. And my attic shows that. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's gotten to the, it got to the point where, you know, they had so much stuff and they didn't value anything because they didn't want it. It was me giving it to them because they felt guilt or I felt guilty. 
Um, so then when I did find um, you, and, and honestly, I do not remember how I found you. I thought it was through my cousin and I talked to her and she's like, I've never heard of her. <laughs> so anyway, um, when I, I found we have, you. Like, we have um, overlapping circles and I think, but our kids are enough apart in age that they weren't little at the same exact time. So it, it makes total sense to me that you don't know how you found me because, you know, I think you were doing story hours or something like, I feel like there was just like overlapping circles. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like you said, we're neighbors because we're like 10 miles apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, fast forward to a few years ago, I think I saw you right before the pandemic um, exploded. And I was already, we had, we had torn our house down. Um, it's a 200 year old farmhouse, but not the one you're thinking of in your mind. Um, <laughs> it was just, you know, little rooms added as they needed more space. So we tore everything down except for the timber frame and lived in a tent for three months with three children. <laughs> that was fun. And then um, when we were bringing stuff back into the house, it was really obvious to me, like, oh my God, we do not need this stuff. This is just junk. Um, so I started to get into the mode of just getting rid of things. And then I found you and it was like, for a long time, I just listened. I just watched and I listened. And it's like, I needed time for that all to sink into my brain. <laughs> and I think it's just in the last year to year and a half that I have just, um, I got it. I just got it finally. And when I look around my house, there's still clutter. There's still, you know, the pile of papers on the bar in the kitchen and, you know, mail comes in and sits there and people kick off their shoes and they're right at the door, you know? So there's still problem areas. And I think there always will be because- There always will be. <laughs> right. I guess five people- You want to see that in, in action also. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so there are problem areas, but there are so many places that as I look around, I'm like, I remember I could never find a pair of scissors. Well, I know where the scissors are now. That's a silly example, but that's- No, it's, this is. is like, this is real life. I mean, if you can find your scissors in like 10 <laughs> seconds, that is a massive win. <laughs> exactly. And funny story, when baby and my youngest, she's 14, when she was cleaning out her room, we found nine pair of scissors. I was like, <laughs> do you have something to tell me, honey? Is there a problem here? <laughs> it's amazing. I had a similar situation with tape when I like yes. cluttered my house. I had more tape. I have now like where we've gone through that, but it was like a 10 year supply of tape, like for real. I mean, <laughs> every, yeah, every Christmas something. Yeah. Just get more tape. Get a three pack. I get like the six pack, <laughs> you know? Yes. And I've still got five left over from last year. So <laughs> I did not do that this year. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's change of mindset. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mary Margaret, so, it's funny. I'm laughing at the fact that you just listened for a while, which I think is a really good thing to do. But I'm laughing because I recently got an email from somebody who it was a very critical email and it said, all you do is tell people to declutter and live within their space. And that is just not realistic. <laughs> then what is <laughs> that was my response I wrote back I was like thank you for your opinion do you have a better suggestion 
you go. But it does take a while to like, that has to sink in for a long time. It is not a comfortable thought, right? Like it's, you kind of have to hear it and think about it and witness it. And, and, and I don't know why it took me. So, I mean, I was doing, you know, you would give a challenge. I remember the first thing I worked on, I had this um, cabinet right as you come in our back door, which is really our front door. Um, and that cabinet has eight cubbies in it. And basically, you know, the junk drawer everybody has, it was the junk like cubbies. There were eight of them. You never knew what was in any one of those cubbies. And I just dumped it all out on the floor, which basically was as you walk in the door, now you're climbing over, you know, eight <laughs> cubbies of junk. And I, I just put all the pencils in a jar and I put all the pairs of scissors because that's the kind of stuff that was in there you know, paper clips and pens. And, and I, I found like, oh, you know what we need at the back door? We need the sunscreen and the bug spray. Because when we go outside, that's like what we need to grab. And I, I like started putting together like, oh, I need to make this work for me. So I, I very clearly remember that being the first space that I worked on. And I got garbage bag, like full garbage bags of excuse my language but crap that needed to get out of the house I was like why am I holding garbage in our home you know that this is a huge light bulb moment though I mean so much of the stuff that we do have in our homes is actual trash and we feel so guilty about throwing away trash which is like an idea that's been sold to us by big corporations that don't want to be responsible for all of the trash that they create. So like, Hey, consumer, you're a good person. If you don't throw away anything ever. Right. And then we're like, Oh, I'm a bad person if I throw stuff away. But the reality is what else are you going to do with garbage? I mean, (laughs) right. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I've got a few strikes against me. I was a preschool teacher. (laughs) We collect everything. (laughs) We do. Um, you know, I, I'm a creative, you know, I, I enjoy making things. Um, not that I've ever really made things out of trash, but it's that collect kind of mindset. Um, and I do, I feel guilty. I, I remember finding, um, a, like a bag or something of corks, like wine corks. And I like deliberated over this thing. I'm like, I could make a cork board. I don't have time to make a cork board. Well, I could make this, but I don't have time. And it was just this, I I probably spent a good hour thinking about this bag of corks. Finally, I was like, goodbye. (laughs) Right, right. Like I am not devoting any more of my mental energy to you. And it's no wonder that we're so exhausted every day because we spend so much time on decisions like this and, yeah. and there's nothing, I mean, I say that with so much love, there is nothing crazy about that because this is how we are raised and how we are living in this society today is that we are devoting hours thinking about garbage. <laughs> but I think that's, that's that, um, that's kind of what you're teaching is, you know, it's not worth my time. If I really sat down and said, you know what, today I'm going to make a cork board, I could totally 
put on Facebook Marketplace, hey, got some corks. And I'm sure people have bags of corks that are filling up their house. <laughs> you know? In the comments here, it just says Facebook user, but someone says, I still have my bag of corks. <laughs> See? <laughs> we should oh, get yeah. together and make a cork board. <laughs> that is the funny thing about this world today is that your trash and everyone else's trash is basically the same. Also, like whatever you have in your house, everyone else has a house full of that also. And that, that was like one of my big aha moments when I was working in people's homes. I'm like, oh my God, it's the same collections absolutely everywhere. Like everyone has this, everyone has that, everyone has this other thing. Like we all have the same stuff and giant collections of it. Yeah. So there's no risk of not like not being able to get what you need when you need it because our homes are literally filled to the brim with all the same stuff. And the thing is too, like I justified holding on to it because I do have the space. I am so ridiculously fortunate to have, maybe I'm not fortunate, <laughs> to have a huge home with lots of storage space. We built this um, house with an addition and we have, you know, a huge attic. And the plan was to, you know, make that a very usable storage space. It's a dumping ground now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, eventually, and I have worked up there, but it ends up kind of <laughs> happening again. I've seen you working in the attic. <laughs> yes, so many times. <laughs> but I have the space to hold on to these things. And so that kind of is that guilt too. It's like, well, if I throw it out, then I'm, you know, why do I have this space to hold on to things if I'm just going to throw it in the in the landfill so there is that guilt there um have you grappled with like have you found a mindset to kind of take over that one yet to replace that one um i think when i go up into the attic and i see the plethora of crafting supplies that i do have i think that really helps me to realize like yeah you don't need corks like look at what you do have. You have, yeah. you know, so many things that are ready made for you to work on. But honestly, the only time I ever get a chance to work on my, my crafts that I enjoy is when I go away um, once or <laughs> twice a year to my, you know, crafters girls weekend. Um, and the reason is I don't have a space to work. And so it all gets shoved up into the attic and it's a pain in the tush to bring it down from the attic. So I just don't until I'm going away for four days and I have to bring something with me and then I go through that effort. So I think my scarcity mindset has really, um, I've let go of that, I, I, that I had when you know the kids were little. Um, I really think about now when someone says, oh, I've got, you know, some shoes that, you know, maybe baby would like. I'm like, you know what? She's good. Thank you so much. You know? <laughs> I mean, Although I she also get to the point where they don't want hand-me-downs. They want exactly what they want. Like it works great when they're younger and you can just pass the cooling down and all of a sudden they have an opinion and they're like, I'm not wearing this. I'm like, what? This is like a beautiful, expensive, like, what do you mean you're not wearing this? You're wearing it. And you're like, actually, I get it. You have to be an individual, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I can say now that um, my my oldest is 21. I can say 
that eventually when they're buying their own things and paying rent and car insurance and all that, they're like, oh, you're getting rid of that? Can I have that? <laughs> nice. <It laughs> they suddenly so like my stuff. <laughs> I like, you know, this idea that, so I'm, I'm going to like circle back here for a second. When we build homes or create homes, we always are focusing on storage. How would it be different if we focused on function instead of storage? Wouldn't that make so much more sense? <laughs> it would, but I feel like when we were designing the house, I didn't know what would function. Right. Right. Which that is a really good point. It Like our kitchen right now is still very much, um, you know, very much not done. And we have switched that kitchen around to make it more functional so many times that I'm like, I am so glad we didn't put, because kitchens are expensive. Kitchens are very I'm expensive. so glad I didn't put so much money into that just to be disappointed. So I think there's a, a process that you have to go through in order to figure out what functions for you. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. It's hard to, we are not taught function ever. No. Another thing we should be teaching kids in school. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. It's, it takes a lot of observation to understand function. And then and just who has you time it, for that, right? <laughs> right. You know, all this stuff we have to take care of. Who has time to think about function? <laughs> right, right. You just kind of like run through your days. And I feel like now suddenly I have the time to say, you know, why do I have the silverware over there when really we set the table and we empty the dishwasher right here? So this is where the silverware should be. You know, like that's functional. And if I, I just, you don't have time to do that when you're trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. Which really, like, that's also a misnomer because you really do have the time because all the time that I would spend <laughs> running back and forth to the silverware, it took, you know, 15 minutes to put the silverware where it should be. <laughs> we just don't prioritize thinking about it. We don't, it's, a, I don't know that we don't prioritize it. We don't even no to think of, I'm not sure what it is but we don't it's not part of our everyday to like look at a system and say hey, this isn't working what could I make what could I do to make this work better but we do it at work right mm -hmm. you know you're at work for eight hours and you know you work to make your space functional so that you can be productive and all those things yet you come home and eh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a preschool teacher, you probably had zones for everything and it was like optimized for like children's brain development and all this stuff. And then you come into your house and you're like, done, done. <laughs> <laughs> or you try to implement it and what, what, you know, you think is going to be functional. Your kids are like, yeah, no. <laughs> I will say, I think that the kitchen is the hardest room to make functional. And I, the, one of the reasons I think that is, is we tend to switch our diets pretty frequently and switch what we purchase pretty like frequently. So, you know, maybe one day we're shopping at Hannaford, our local grocery store and getting like something in a normal size container, but then we go to a bulk food, like a Costco or something. And then we get a giant thing. And then all of a sudden, like there's no storage for that because we like we switch up what we bring into the kitchen 
a lot. We shift our diets. So we eat differently a lot and our family grows and changes and it all kind of centers around the kitchen. And then there are times where you need a lot of stuff in the kitchen for like holidays, but that's not every day, but you're like, Oh, but what about for the holidays? So I think the kitchen is really tricky. I like, it's one of the, the most difficult spots to and figure out function. The, the way our house is laid out, the kitchen, when you walk in, you come in like a little hall that's like a back hall, we call it. And then you come into the kitchen. And the kitchen has like, that is our entertainment space. It's the hub. People rarely go into our living room. You mm -hmm. know, our kitchen is our home. Um, and I think that's just... I don't know if that's normal for most people, but it's a big wide open kitchen. Yeah, I think and, that people spend a lot of time in their kitchens entertaining. If you're yeah. here in the comments, let us know, what are you doing in your kitchen? Is it the hub? Do you entertain? Do you eat? Do you, what else happens? Or do you actually use your living room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's it's odd to me because when I go like to my parents, you wouldn't hang out in the kitchen. You go in the living room, like that's where you <laughs> they entertain. So it is interesting that just because of the layout, or maybe it's because of who we are, you know, we, we enjoy eating <laughs> and cooking. Actually, when we renovated our house, we intended on having an eat in kitchen and the spot where the um, table was going to go, we put a couch there during the renovation and everyone loved the couch there. So now we have a living room in our kitchen, which makes way more sense because we entertain in the kitchen only. Like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nancy says kitchen is for entertaining in her house also. Do you like to cook, Nancy? Because I think that has something to do with it. If like if that's your mode of entertaining, you know what I mean? Yeah. Putting out food, cooking, like preparing, like, and who wants to be alone in the kitchen? That was always <laughs> right. I struggled with that so much when I had a tiny kitchen. I never wanted to be alone in there when we had people over because then I couldn't see the people who were, you know, so everyone was cramped into this little tiny kitchen. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, Speaking of kitchen, um, that was another space that was just a total transformation. And um, I think it's really interesting because I had so many pots and pans that I hated and I had like a, a few that I loved. So which ones did I use when I cook every single day? <laughs> but I would like, love <laughs> right yeah um so we had this big huge cabinet to keep all of our our cookware and I was constantly digging through them to find the cover for this or find the bottom for that cover blah, blah, blah. finally I was like this is stupid like why am I digging through the other ones and again I feel like that's that scarcity mindset like I have to have all of these pans because you never know when I might have to <laughs> 75 things at the same exact time. So I just ditched all the ones I couldn't stand. And my husband was like going through, he's like, what are you getting rid of that for? <laughs> it works perfectly fine. I said, I hate it. And you don't cook. So I get to choose. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and now That's everything... <laughs> everything in the kitchen has its own place. The cover is with the pan, which takes up way more space. But you know what? I'm not digging for the covers anymore. So it's just, it's functional. It's you functional. Know? Yeah. That was a big Very mindset hard. change. I am curious, how do you define clutter today? 
Well, I do like your definition that it's the, it's the things in your life, not just physical things, but everything that impedes progress or impedes movement. Um, I I'm do that definition too. <laughs> <laughs> I do think of that as I'm, you know, walking through my house. And I think that also speaks to functionality. Um, you know, I, I am walking and I see everybody's shoes are all over at the back door. I'm like, okay, well, why do they feel the reason or the, the motivation to just kick them off when the shoe shelf is literally one more step? Well, it's because this cabinet is kind of making that space a little more narrow. Okay, well, that cabinet holds winter clothes, so we'll get rid of that, and then it'll be easier to get in there. So those kinds of things, um, the cabinet was impeding progress or motion. So I do like that definition. It really, I, I think of that. Your little voices in all of our heads. That's what I hear a lot. Sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. I need that voice. Um, and like, I love the literal, like this is literally in the way. Like this thing is like literally impeding forward momentum because it's actually in the way. <laughs> Yeah. But, and I know what you're going to say next. <laughs> it's also these things that are in the way. Um, yeah. And I am, I am a number one, a procrastinator. I am so good at procrastinating. <laughs> I could, I could teach millions of lessons someday later <laughs> on procrastination. Um, so this year, when you were talking about like, what's the word you want to use for the year? I, I was always wanted to do that, but I never actually did because I'm a procrastinator. And this year I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I spent like a good week trying to figure out like what word is going to stick with me for an entire year. Like nothing ever sticks with me for that long. And, and then I realized like, oh, you just need to start. And I was like, oh my goodness, start. What a great word for a procrastinator, right? And that perfect. really has helped me. It has helped me so much that I'm like, why didn't I pick a good word years ago? Like <laughs> anytime I feel that little procrastination inkling, I'm like, oh, don't you, you have to start. It doesn't matter what you start. You have to start. So I love Mary Margaret that you put your, um, your breakfast picture into our, <laughs> prioritize your sanity group every morning because you're off to a good start. And I like that whole concept. Like, I mean, I'm going to say the word start like 15 times now, like the way right. you start your day <laughs> really sets you up for success. And so if you don't even start with something like for you, you need to eat breakfast. That's like your right. Like that's the whole idea behind this. And if you don't start that way, it's going to kind of all domino effect in a negative way. And I just, lo I love seeing that every day. Thank you, because I kind of feel like, who the heck wants to see my breakfast every morning? <laughs> but it's it's really, um, it's the accountability, and this speaks to our community. Um, it's the accountability that there are days where I'm like, you know what, I don't have time for breakfast. I don't feel like eating, blah, blah, you know, and I make up a hundred excuses in my mind why I don't need to start my day with a good breakfast. And I'm like, no, 
actually you really do. And so having the accountability that I know when I post that someone is going to respond in a positive way and that feels good, you know, and it feels good to think other people are being, you know, inspired by that or helped by that or whatever. So the accountability and the community that surrounds me in that is so helpful. <laughs> so yeah. helpful. The accountability, just posting something, even if nobody actually sees it, you know, you feel like somebody's seeing it, right? Like public accountability is, has been a great strategy for me too. Yes. And you know, um, I think you would appreciate this too, because you worked from home for so long. You, you need to build accountability when you have your own business or you're a stay-at-home mom. Or, I mean, probably everybody does. But I think those are my experiences being, you know, having my own business and being a stay-at-home mom. I didn't necessarily have accountability other than myself. And that's not. Oh, so yeah. Good. I'm terrible at accountability for myself. It is like a total, like, disaster. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. But because it's, you can put it off. You can put it off. And there's no real consequence to putting things off, except that you're like, you're hurting yourself, Right. But like right. when you own your own business, when you're a stay at home, really like when you're only accountable to yourself, I mean, yeah. you can put a lot of things off. You can wake up late. You can like be lax about meals. You can not go for a walk. You cannot do the thing you're supposed to do. And the consequence is minor in the moment. Over time, it's significant, right? Then you wake up in the middle of the night panicking like, oh, I haven't done this. Like, I really need to get this done. But yeah, public accountability, massively massively impactful. Absolutely. <laughs> Mary Margaret, will you, so we're talking to a pretty wide audience here. Will you just share the program that you're in and, and have, like prioritize your sanity and how, like what your perspective is about that program? Absolutely. Um, so I belong to prioritize your sanity um, that has our wonderful Amber as the coordinator. <laughs> um, and it is such a, um, it's like the most positive place on the internet. It just is, I don't know how many members there are, um, but I, I have 220 maybe right now, something like that. So, you know, I've only encountered one negative a, a comment in the three years that I've been a part of it. And it wasn't even really negative. It was more like, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, it is a fantastic program where, you know, I get that accountability. I get that community for very little input as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I can get as much out of it or as little out of it as I choose. Um, once a week, we have a hour long coaching session um, which is just great to kind of get to know the people that are in that community and get like real time answers to questions um, or problems or share, you know, part of your experience. Um, and then we also do two um, marathons, which, oh, holy cow, those <laughs> are so awesome. 
I'm surprised at how like how awesome they are. Actually, as like I when we started the marathons, I didn't think they were going to be like take off like they have. They are so incredible. It's it's that accountability. It's I am making an appointment that I am going to keep because I love the community that I'm a part of. And I know that at the end of that marathon, I am going to feel so good about what I've accomplished. Even if, you know, I could have accomplished that on my own, but if I'm not accountable, then, you know, I'm I'm not going to do it. But setting up the appointment on, you know, April 7th, I'm going to show up for four hours. That's fantastic. So I, I get a lot out of those. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. I, I just, I love how they have kind of evolved to be what they are today. You think four hours is a long time to declutter, but it goes by so quickly when you're on those calls and you get so much done. I mean, I see the before and after pictures and I am blown away. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're, they're just really effective. And what's also nice is there's different coaches um, doing those. And, you know, even though they they all have basically the same, you know, storyline of of this is how we declutter, they bring their own personality into it. And you you get different things from different people, even if they're saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, So I appreciate having, you know, lots of different point of views. And then also there's the boot camps, which are really fun because maybe fun isn't the right word. They are, but um, (laughs) they're, they're really good because you revisit very basic lessons. And I've been doing boot camps for three years, not everyone because of my schedule, but a great deal of them. And the lessons I've gotten so much more out of them on repeat. So if I can listen to that lesson one day and then, you know, a month later I listen to it and I'm like, oh, you know, I never thought of it that way. It's the same words. I don't know why it changes. You're just, you're ready to hear different things at different points. And like, just even stop the flow in, increase the flow out. That means different things the further you go along in this process, because maybe, you know, the fifth time you do this, stop the flow, it means I'm going to eat down my pantry, but you never even considered eating down your pantry the first couple of ones because you were so focused on actually the clutter. I think Marie, one of our coaches, it was so funny because in the beginning of um, most of our boot camps, our old ones anyway, I had always said, if you want to, if you're interested in becoming a professional organizer, let me know. And Marie said she never heard that line, even though it was like the same slides, the same recording, the same everything. She never heard that until one day when she was like, I wonder if I could coach, like if I could be a professional organizer, like she had never heard that in the, like she just, it, cause it wasn't relevant to her at the time. Right. Relevancy. That's, that's a great way to say it. You, you have such a, a fantastic command of language because you always sound so put together. I just have to say that. <laughs> I don't feel that way. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, the prioritize your sanity is such a great stepping stone, I would assume. I've never been a part of the. um, I I mean, I don't like I don't think of. So prioritize your sanity is $10 a month. um, And then we have two other programs that are more expensive. I don't necessarily think of it as a stepping stone. I think of it as a great spot for certain people and other people need a different type of support. Like I know that um, 
sales wise, it's not the best way for me to think about this is like, we're always, you know, as a business owner, we're always supposed to be pulling people through and getting them to pay more and all that stuff. And which I really despise that whole attitude, because I feel like if you if the $10 a month program is what you need, then that's like, awesome. Stay there, stay there for a long time. Like, I don't like, there is no expectation on my end that you're going to like step up unless you need to, then yes, like let's, you know, um, but I mean, I think that you're a perfect example, Mary Margaret, you've been in that program for three years now and you've had tremendous success. I really have. I really have. Um, it is, I just, again, the community, the accountability in the community are exactly what I need. And when I find myself looking around my house and seeing piles here, piles there, you know, it kind of reminds me like, oh, you know what? I need my crew. <laughs> Got to yeah. get my crew on board here. And I'll clutter often... Where are my clutter buddies? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, and I'll take a couple of pictures of piles that I need to deal with, post them, and that's that accountability. You know what? By the end of the day, I need that pile taken care of. And it just, it is it is perfect for me. I, I appreciate it so very much. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll wrap up with one last question. What is your best piece of advice to somebody who is starting out or stuck right now? <laughs> Start! <laughs> S-T-A-R-T. Actually, I'm going to put, I think I can put that on the bottom scrolling here. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's, um, you are never going to get any better if what you're doing is the same thing you've always done. So if for whatever reason you're uncomfortable, you're unhappy, you're, you know, frustrated, all those negative things, try something different right? Start yeah. doing something different. Um, and it doesn't matter. I think we all are in, I know myself, I'm looking for perfection oftentimes. What is the right thing for me to do right now that will improve da 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 da? And that's really not a good way to look at it. It's, it doesn't have to be perfect. And it, it never needs to be. And nope. Like, that's a great thing to declutter right off the bat. The idea that something will ever be perfect. It will never be perfect. Oftentimes in the marathons or in the boot camps, I'll hear someone who has just started and they're like, now, how should I, you know, start this project? What if I don't do this right? Or, you know, whatever. And I can hear in their minds I'm going to do this wrong. I've done this wrong a hundred thousand times and I'm so afraid of doing it wrong. So what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Failure is feedback. Do it yeah. wrong. You learn more. It's growth. You know, every time you make a mistake, every time you try something and mm, that didn't work, you know, now, Hey, that doesn't work right now. Let's try this. And maybe someday that, thing will work when you're in a better space. I, yeah. I'm being really abstract, but I think no, that's no, that's so it's such good advice. Start. Just try something. Don't worry about the outcome. Like we're very outcome oriented, but yeah, really it's about progress. Right. And I think when people 
sign up for these boot camps or classes or workshops or any of those, they expect to be told, this is what you need to do. Like, go pick up that paper. You don't need that. Put it in the garbage. You know, go take 10 things out of your closet. And those things may help some people. But maybe that's not going to be the way you work. You know, we can give suggestions and, and, but it, you know, and just trying the things that are mentioned and see what works, you know, throw things at the wall and something will stick. (laughs) We do, people do want of like a very set, like standard directions. What do I do first? And it's, that's like, I think, something I've had to overcome as a coach is that I'm not going to tell you what to do first. You need to figure that out yourself because I don't live your life. I'm not in your head. I don't know what's going on like today, right? Like I'm not in your house. Like you need to figure that out. I'm going to give you like help figuring it out, but I'm not going to tell you. Right. But that's where the empowerment starts is that you actually can figure this out. You can make these decisions. You can move forward. And I think maybe that's why it took me so long to get started because I have had that perfectionist mindset like well that is why aren't you telling me what to do that's education right that's how we are raised that's the school system sit here for 45 minutes do this like worksheet you know take this exam start with the equation here like that is how we have been taught for our whole entire life so it makes yeah. sense that it's uncomfortable to hear something different <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and i i love um when we are in those coaching calls and someone kind of comes up with that thought of like how do I start? What do I do? Oftentimes the coach will say, reach your hand out. Is there, you know, something next to you, pick it up, make a decision about that. And, you know, just touch and tackle. Yep. And I think that's fantastic advice because we are so paralyzed sometimes because we want to see a huge impact. Um, But sometimes it's just get started. <laughs> and the biggest impacts will come from the motion of starting. Yes. But we and that's that in the beginning. That's that, uh, what is the saying you had? Um, something about motivation comes from action. Yeah. So motivation likes to take vacations, right? So we cannot rely on motivation. We have to take action. Right. And once you have action, it motivates you to continue. Yes. Action breeds motivation totally. That's it. it. And so that (laughs) right, you can't motivation. (laughs) That's why that start, you know, touch and tackle is such a beginning, such a fantastic beginner. Because then you're motivated. Oh wow, I just made a decision. I can make another one. Yes. Yeah. And ironically, when you put things off, you are making the decision to put things off, but it doesn't feel like a decision. So like you're always making decisions. But it like when you decide not to do something, it feels like you didn't actually decide or you decide not to handle something. You made a decision not to do it, but you don't recognize that as a decision. <laughs> exactly. It's a non-decision. <laughs> non-decision, non-decision decision. <laughs> exactly. Mary Margaret, I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us and your advice with us. It's all spot on. On the bottom of the screen, it says start. So if you still need a word of the year, you can actually start today with a word of the year. You don't have to wait until January 1st. Start now. Be like Mary Margaret and start now. (laughs) (laughs) Only take the good parts of me, though. Like, seriously. (laughs) 
Thank you so, so, so much for this Friday morning experience with us. And thank you for all your support of everyone in our communities and for supporting my programs for so long and just being an all around awesome person. <laughs> thank you, Jess. And I know I speak for everyone in our community that we are so thankful that you started this whole <laughs> mess. <laughs> Start. <laughs> I'm telling you, I use that word constantly now. <laughs> Just start. But thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your Friday, Mary Margaret, and everyone who is in here and...